0: Hi, Damien DeMarcus from 100 Not Out here. MP? Yes, Damo? We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter The Journey of Me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, The Journey of Me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. WellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your
1: lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the Real Food Reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love.
0: and welcome back to the real food reel today on the show we have the next installment of our real food athlete and speak with sarah grove from melbourne sarah is a triathlete and triathlon coach and the other half of holistic endurance tri coaching sarah and i chat all things real food and share with you her story hi sarah sarah and welcome to the show
1: Thanks, dear. Thanks for having me on.
0: Awesome. So let's dive straight in. I'd love for you to start with um, sharing your story. So certainly where you started from with health and wellness and take us through um, where you are now.
1: Yeah, for sure. As you mentioned before, I, um, I literally sort of live and breathe triathlon. I um, train and race myself and I also coach and I also work for an events company who runs triathlon. So uh, my whole life at the moment um, revolves around triathlon, which I, I love. Um, I started back in 2008. Um, after a running injury, I was sort of, um, someone mentioned to try a triathlon. I did, and I've, I've literally sort of never looked back. Um, and since then, I've, I've done everything, I guess. I, I started like most people in sprint, Olympic distance, um, races, the Gatorade series, um, won those series. I sort of, I raced elite in that for a year. Um, I then moved on to half Ironman, uh, one half Ironman races that I was racing, uh, and then stepped up to Ironman. So in 2013, I did my first Ironman at, um, at Melbourne, um, which then saw me uh, qualify for Kona. So it was sort of um yeah so eight years of triathlon it's pretty much gone all the way up and um and then after that which we'll probably go into as well is sort of come right back down the other way as well so um, it's been a big big journey over the last eight years
0: yeah absolutely so take us through say when you started in 2008 or 2009 was it um
1: what what did you do from a nutrition point of view and how did you view food Yeah, so when I I started, uh, I I literally knew nothing. I was probably one of those girls that for me, food was always a big part of my life in a way that I always thought about it. Mm. Um, I always thought about what I was putting in my mouth, how many calories I was eating. Uh, I got to points where I was recording everything that I ate, and I guess at points, um, you know, was in a real point of disordered or distorted eating, um, and, you know, all those things were your, your weight loss, your, your light, um, your low, um, you know, your low-calorie type things, and, and that's what I started training on, and so, um, and I was at a point as well when I was training in my first couple of years, and Um, even though my training increased a lot I wanted to drop a couple of kilos and I couldn't even do that so it was like I was training more to try and and drop that it just nothing was sort of sort of um, working for me but I I guess um, what I see with a a lot of athletes a lot start out in that way because that's what they knew or that's all they read Um, and I was certainly in that same boat there as well. Yeah, so certainly it sounds like, because that was a little
0: while ago now as well, so that the world thought low-fat was the answer, and certainly we were taught to count calories or move more and eat less to create that uh, weight loss, that that deficit. So, you know, it's, it's almost not your fault that you got caught up in that because that was all we knew, as you said.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah, so then do, do you know what your life, light- bulb was like when did you start moving away from low fat um, into real food and then take us through what that means what real food means to you now
1: yeah so for me it was actually a really um, I suppose a journey of probably about three years um, as I progressed through my triathlon and I um, went into half Ironman um, my recovery process I found was Quite long um, so it took me for my first half man, it took me probably three months to recover from that which is quite significant um, to have a, a half Ironman at the start of the year and then um, not be able to race or, uh, or you know, function properly um, for three months after that and um, again at that same time I was still eating I was you know quite high carb for races uh, my big thing and I used to tell everyone you know my pre-race meal was lasagna and garlic bread um, <laughs> and that was my thing and, and I actually now look back Now and every single half or full Iron Man race that I've, I've, um, competed in, even though I've done well and, and won, um, a lot of those that, uh, there was not one race that I didn't have to stop and go to the toilet. Um, Mm. and I didn't think that I just thought that was normal. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be out there for four or five or 10 hours or it's going to be, I'm going to have to go to the toilet. And I, I did. And, um, that was part of my plan that I planned that that was going to happen. Um, so. Um, It wasn't until after, um, well, the process I went to half Ironman were champs in 2012 and things started to unravel for me. Uh, I started to get really fatigued. Um, I was training and then having to sleep after training. Um, I started to to really lose performance not only in training but also just generally in life. Um, Things started to starts to really unravel and but i managed to get through to Ironman. man um again got through that but i knew something wasn't right and so i went and saw um doctors and dietitians to do tests you know these standard blood tests okay you need to eat more meat you need to do less training and you'll be okay um, so to a point i did that but i knew it was more than that so yeah so i then went and saw a, a dietitian, and again that same message was coming across is okay well you need to eat more fuel for what you're training. So up and go, honey on bread, all those type of things. And it was just at that point, I'm like, this, this isn't right. There's something's not quite right. But that was the message I was getting. So I continued through that year, right through to to Kona that year, and then um, I literally fell on my feet, um, off my feet really, and and um, couldn't function. So I went to then um, to then sort of source more information from different sources, I guess, and and that's when I started um, doing more of my own, um, you know, research and, and just on what my body felt right and seeing a, a naturopath and, um, you know, just coming back to, again, just to to real food, getting, I cut, um, I was going through a point when I would eat something and I would be, feel bloated, but I thought, again, I thought that was normal. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so it really took me falling into a a big hole to actually come to that realisation that something's not right, yeah. Yeah, you make some key points there. I think um, certainly
0: the digestive problems in training and racing and even what you say on a day-to-day basis with food that you're consuming, there is this overarching, um, I guess, thought that that is normal, that, that that is a part of triathlon and we're really clear that it's not it's not normal to have digestive problems and it's certainly something you need to address if your body's responding that way to food. so I think it's good that you've certainly been able to identify that. but the recovery that you've mentioned, I mean three months is significant for a race that takes I know it takes you four hours something so that there obviously to me it sounds like there was a lot of perhaps inflammation occurring from training and lifestyle and nutrition, but it also sounds like, um, you know, that's improved since eating real food, has it?
1: Yeah, it has definitely. So that's uh, one of my biggest things that uh, when I started working as a naturopath, to to really focus on that recovery process. Um, I'm still in a process, so after – well, I haven't raced a a long distance for now – coming on two years so I'm, start, I'm going to come back racing half Ironman this year and I which I can't wait to you know implement uh, completely different strategies and see uh, the different outcomes that that will have uh, particularly on race day nutrition but then also the recovery side of things um, but I've been racing bike races which are you know there can be two or three hour races uh, and now for me I might have Two or three or four days of um, feeling flat. Um, some sometimes not at all. So uh, that that recovery process is um, significantly improved. But something I'm certainly still still working on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's great that you have taken that time away from the sport to look at how you can do things differently because naturally we know you're a great athlete you've won your age group across many distances but I'm sure you probably wonder how different it would have been or even how better you could have gone if you know if you knew what you know now
1: yeah and that's the thing and I think when I, I do look back is that because I was winning races I felt I, I guess at the time that it wasn't really an issue that I was still winning and and that that were they were goals of mine but I'm like okay how where could I have actually gone from there um and a, a big key one for me is is my first half iron man is actually my PB for a half iron man um I still won races after that but I was actually slower times um and so I look at things like that um, and then and for me a big one was would be that health and happiness in between the training and racing uh, I got to a point where I wasn't happy or enjoying what I was doing at all and and that was really hard for me given uh that I'm a triathlon coach and to not have that happiness within myself I found it then um that little bit more challenging to to impart that on my athletes um and that for me was a big thing of stepping away um from training and racing myself because I needed to get that back um because I owed that to my athletes and that's you know, that's it. what I, you know, want to impart on my athletes to be able to enjoy what you're doing. And I wasn't, I got to a point when I wasn't enjoying it at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to be able to walk the talk. And, you know, I've done something similar in terms of taking a back step and rebuilding in a different way. And I think that, you know, it's going to be fantastic to see you back out there doing 70.3s and, um, you know, fueling your body with natural whole foods, which we'll cover shortly, but also just the day-to-day stuff, what you mentioned is really important because, you know, we're not um, elite athletes. We're not getting paid for this. So when it becomes your entire life and you're exhausted so your social life suffers or your health and well-being suffers, it's there's, there's no point. There's got to be another way.
1: No, and that's exactly the point I got to, and that's a big message that uh, myself and, and Katie Holistic Endurance we we impart on our athletes all the time that um because again you still got some of those the, the type of athlete that just want to train and train and train and train um but to the detriment of of other things in their life and uh and one of the messages i say to my athletes life becomes before training because um as you said before you know what you're not getting paid for this it's what you do as a hobby for fun and if you're not having fun what is the point Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I know you've worked with uh, Deanne's Granton at at Balanced by Nature, who we've had on the show. And you're now working with Renee Trost with us here at The Natural Nutritionist. Um, Can you summarize, though, in your words, what your real food message is? And we'll talk about what you're sort of doing um, practically day to day. Now you've sort of moved away from the low-fat and certainly the high-carb.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, uh, the the biggest thing is I say is just to go and what you know what you guys at um, the natural nutritionists really um, work on is just going back to the the basics of of eating. Um, I eat to what. I feel like my body needs um so listening to to how I feel um I was saying to someone the other day I made a lentil hot pot the other day and um my stomach's been no good for the two days after that so Mm. listening to my body and and knowing um what it thrives on and and what it doesn't um so so that's pretty big for me and it's been a, a real big experiment uh so certainly working with with Jan and uh and now renee um they're giving me uh, awesome advice and um support from that side but again it's still me experimenting on uh, on what works for me mm. and and how that makes me feel
0: yeah absolutely yeah. what um, would you say the biggest changes you've made though like you mentioned before when you went to the dietitian and you were told to have like the honey on bread and the and the pastas um would you say that the biggest change is that you've come off refined carbohydrates or is there something else that you can identify that day-to-day you've changed the most?
1: No, that's, that's completely um, that's correct. So the biggest yeah. change is doing the complete opposite to what, um, to what they told me at the time, that, yeah. um, you know, very rarely do I have um, any type of, of bread or pasta. Um, so it's looking at different substitutes for that. And, again, it, uh, for me it's just real food. So instead of having spaghetti, I'll... I'll use zucchini or cauliflower. Um, you know, cauliflower pizzas. So a lot of, mm. um, lot of vegetables. I don't eat a lot of fruit um, as such. Um, I do love berries and, and kiwi fruit, but other than that, I actually don't eat a lot of fruit. It's more vegetables uh, and and real protein. So I have eggs in my smoothies and things like that. Um, And, yeah, refined carbohydrates, I don't even, you know, go down those aisles in the supermarket. Mm.
0: Yeah, great. That's awesome. So we've spoken a little bit about your day-to-day and certainly your transition away from low-fat and calorie counting and refined foods. Can you share with us what the change has been in perhaps training and if you've done anything with regards to your racing fueling yet?
1: Yeah, so that's what I've just started experimenting with. As I mentioned before, I haven't actually done any um, long-distance yeah. triathlon um, racing, so actually I'll go back a step. Um, another big thing that I did change was uh, I used to always get up and have to eat something before training. Yeah, okay. To I felt nauseous if I didn't. Um, so now I've actually been able to transition and not eat. I could go out and... Do two hours of training and not eat anything at all. Um, and for me, that was a big thing because I actually love just being able to get up and and go and not have to to worry about that um, eating process. Um, for uh, my training fuel, again, the really the only training fuel I do is on my long ride, all my runs, um, obviously swimming, anything like that. Uh, I don't eat anything at all. So long rides, oh now. Uh, Generally, try and make everything. Sometimes um, that uh, life can get in the way, and I do to go other options. But I generally try and make uh, bars or balls. Um, I've just started also um, testing out your Freedom Fuel as I come into my to um, you know the last part of my build Mm. to to work on um, using that as well. So uh, that's been a, a big change compared to you know downing four or five gels in a a training ride Um, you know over winter I didn't touch and I basically had bananas or homemade bars you know didn't touch a gel at all over winter so yeah
0: amazing so when you first started triathlon did you get that traditional sports nutrition advice of the you know certain prescription of carbohydrates per hour
1: and were you doing that with gels back in the day yeah so I I never went to into real uh, detail on you know how many carbs and grams Mm. and things that I was having but certainly yes yeah so it was always you know a gel you know anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes in a race and for me for to give you an idea Ironman Melbourne I had 21 gels for the day plus coke um and you could imagine the havoc that caused my stomach you know for I reckon a month afterwards and it was um, and again, in that race, stopping for the toilet, I think three times, um, and still managing to podium um, blows my mind. So, yeah, so um, that that's that was certainly um, drilled in to to have that type of fuel.
0: Yeah, track. that's crazy. Twenty one. It's certainly not the record I've heard, but um, it's it's up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, but, it's good to hear you've made the transition and you're starting to experiment with. Um, you know, with natural options. And I think both in both day-to-day and sports nutrition, you've made some great points about it being, um, I guess, your role to figure out what you need. Like a nutritionist or a naturopath is a fantastic guide and we're certainly here to educate you and help remove the guesswork. But ultimately the individual needs to work out what they need day-to-day. And certainly in training, go out there and practice a few strategies, refine over the build and, and come up with what they're comfortable with for race day.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's what it uh, it all comes down to because, as you know, that everyone's different, you know, and the same with training. Um, How I train one athlete could be completely different to the next athlete to how they respond to different things and their motivators and all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, keeping it um, to what I feel is right my body. Now that I know how to listen to my body yeah. and know how to understand my body, I, I couldn't have done that, you know, four or five years ago because I just um, I didn't know what to look for, I guess. Um, but now that I do, um, I can look out for those signs on, um, you know, when it does feel good, um, and it feels amazing when you feel good. But I certainly know what it feels like to not feel good.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I think when you're eating via a template that's like the food pyramid or some archaic advice you just lose any ability to figure out what you need because you're eating what you're told so certainly developing that art takes time so I just wanted to clarify for anyone listening that's quite new to that like it's totally fine if you don't know what you need yet or you're not quite sure what factors to look at but even just the initial awareness and starting to pay attention to the recovery, certainly the digestion, we can look further at sleep and and mood and so on, um, it does become a lot clearer what you need. And when you pull out the refined foods, you know, I'm almost 100% positive that you're going to start to feel better so you can track things from your new benchmark.
1: Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally.
0: So I wanted to talk logistics with you because you've obviously made a huge transition and that does change what you do sort of day to day, whether it's with being more organized or your shopping or what you do for, um, for lunches midweek. Do you have any suggestions that you can give to like our listeners, even if it's someone that's quite new? What was key for you making that transition, you know, quite easy, both from a time
1: and cost point of view? Yeah, for sure and and I guess, um, you know, these are probably very simple things and things that, um, that some of your listeners might have heard before but um, really for me is planning. So Sunday is my um, day that I'll go out and shop. You know, I'm not someone who will go and shop every day based on what I feel like I'm going to eat that day. I'll go out and do my big shop and then I'll have to plan my food around that. So by the end of the week, I'm actually sort of, throwing together things it's literally just bits and pieces of whatever I've got left um, from the week so um, so for me it's just about you know getting all your your whole foods at the, the start of the day and then working with that so you don't have to have a big a big plan but just going okay looking at the fridge okay I've got pumpkin and I've got broccoli uh, a lot of times I'll actually just google pumpkin broccoli recipe um, and that will create a recipe um, for me. Um, but really, you can just keep it really simple and there's nothing wrong with steamed vegetables and a protein. Um, so yeah, so certainly planning there. I'm a little bit lucky that I uh, work from home. So my lunches, um, I can, you know, I can whip anything up, but it, even though I am at home, I'll still generally have leftovers, uh, for lunch. Um, again, breakfast, um, I work on, um, yeah I can can really we'll go into probably a bit more on on what actually sort of eat there um but it's really just planning and i think most people know that it's about implementing that um. yeah
0: and i'm quite happy for us to have this conversation again because we all need reminding i mean there are weeks where i don't do it on sunday and certainly that then changes my entire week in terms of you know being organized availability the right choices so I think it's important that we do recap that. If that works for you and we can encourage everyone listening to to go back to their food prep or to simply start, that makes a huge difference in many areas.
1: Yeah. And then I guess having backup plans. As you said, if you you didn't, you had something on Sunday, you had a big family thing and and you weren't able to do your shopping, have a backup plan. Okay, well, um, I'm going to have to go buy something for lunch. Where around your work um, do they sell nutrition or is there a supermarket you can um go grab something that's easy so just having backup plans as well like and i think it's you know if plan a doesn't work have a plan b so you're not just just going for something that's really simple and easy or you know that's right there Um, yeah yeah.
0: sure that's right because in in the corporate world particularly there might not be much time allocated to lunch so the natural inclination is to go to the cafe and grab a I don't know, a focaccia or some kind of pastry which is going to keep you full for like 90 minutes and then the afternoon's going to go pear-shaped. So you're right with identifying what else is available, so whether it's a salad bar or that you can simply go to the supermarket and get, um, you know, one of those salads in the yeah containers sorry. and yep. a roast chicken or a can of tuna or something simple that still give you gives you all your vegetables, proteins and good fats but, you know, it's certainly um, – not always needing to come from the kitchen if your weekend's not allowed for that
1: yeah exactly there's there's certainly options out there now and the options are you know they're getting more and more so it's just about knowing what to look for I guess yeah absolutely
0: so take us through what a day on your plate looks like what are you doing in terms of main meals and are you snacking and take us through what you're eating at the moment
1: yeah for sure so uh, generally, most mornings I train in the morning. As I mentioned earlier, I don't have anything before training, so I'll get up, have a glass of um, water, and, and head out for um, you know anywhere from an hour to two hours of training. I'll then come back and um, I love smoothies. So you can pack so much into a smoothie. Um, my favorite is a, a green smoothie with plenty of green seeds, nuts. Um, egg is my protein, so I um, I don't use a protein powder. Um, so I'll, have, I'll make a smoothie. Um, I might then, depending on, on the session I might have, I might have some egg cups um, if I've got them handy. I love vegetable juice. Um, that's something I've just started recently actually and I can't believe that I never used to have them. <laughs> um, so I'll make a, a veggie juices um, as well or um, one or the other. And, yes, yeah, so eggs really are my favourite for breakfast and um, sitting egg cups or, or throwing them in the fry pan with um, a heap of veggies and bacon. Um, or if I know I'm not going to have much time, I'll have uh, like a quinoa porridge that I might have made up over the last couple of days and that's ready to throw some yoghurt on, some nuts and, and seeds and berries and that's good to go. So really simple and easy as well. Um, so I'm pretty... Pretty stock standard for my breakfasts. Uh, lunch, uh, as I mentioned before, it's generally leftovers, so leftovers from, um, from dinner really. I don't sort of prepack pack uh, my salads and things because, as I said, I'm lucky that I'm at home. I can just do that um, as I go. Um, so lunch, nothing terribly exciting for lunch or otherwise if I didn't have eggs for breakfast, I love an omelette. Um, so I'll throw, you know, leftover veggies into an, an omelette for lunch as well is one of my favourites. Um, so generally don't, yeah, in between breakfast and lunch, I generally don't have anything. I might have a, a green or peppermint tea and and that's sort of it, um, in between breakfast and lunch. Um, afternoon, if I'm training in the afternoon, I will have something, um, sort of mid between lunch and, and training. And that could be, uh, half a banana and with some nut butter, which is, um, a really quick and easy snack. Uh, sometimes I'll make a small smoothie again, if I've got some egg cups. Um, so something just small just to, to tie me through, knowing that I might not be having dinner until. 7 o'clock and my lunch might have been at 1 so I'll have something um, just to tie me through that training session because again I won't eat during the training session uh and then dinner I just try and keep it simple you know meat or you know some sort of protein and vegetables um you know your oily fishes I love salmon um I also love particularly this time of the year I love big nutritious salads so not when people think of a salad they think tomato carrot. And lettuce you know um whereas i love salads that are you know i've got quinoa pumpkin seeds nuts avo you can put fruit in them you can you can basically put anything into a salad so i'll make you know a big dense nutritious um salad to go with whatever protein i'm i'm having um as well and then yeah and then i just search for different recipes I said i love your cauliflower pizza recipe i love healthy mexican bowls um mm. so that's probably one of my favourites uh, at the moment as well. Um, I'll cook stir-fries, but, again, without the noodles, I'll use something um, as a replacement of that, and same with spag bol. Um, yeah, so it's all, I guess it's all dinners. Uh, what Most people would eat, but it might just be slightly different, um, you know, just eliminating those things like pasta um, out of that and just keeping keeping the whole foods there instead.
0: Yeah, awesome. Some great ideas there. So, thank you for sharing. Now, take us through what's happening next for you. Have you got some things you want to share with regards to either future
1: races or holistic endurance? Yeah, well, I guess we've got a lot going on, both personally and professionally. Uh, With holistic endurance, um, that's really starting to find its feet. I joined with Katie um, earlier this year, and um, we're really trying to sort of create a little bit of a movement in that triathlon um, coaching world on on how we coach athletes and our philosophy and our our sort of mission and, and vision of doing that and and you know is not only training athletes but educating them um, on how they can. Can improve their performance without necessarily having to train more, which is what most uh, most athletes think that training more will get them, um, you know, better performances. And, and to a degree, it does. But um, you know, including holistic pr- principles around that. So coaching for me is, yeah, it's my biggest passion. And um, we've got a good crew going on with that. We've got a um, we've got a triathlon, a female triathlon treat retreat that we're doing february next year which i know you're coming along and joining us um yeah, with that and our camps that we do and and this one is a, a female specific one they just i guess incorporate um again different principles so not just going out and and flogging yourself for three days straight at a camp and then taking a week or two weeks to recover from you know we include holistic endurance philosophies like yoga natural nutrition mindfulness and and so much more with those camps. So yeah, we've got um, that one locked in, and a few other things in in the pipeline there. So that's all very exciting. Yeah, that sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, yeah, I mentioned earlier, I've, I've got some races. Um, I'm keeping on the diet down low at the moment. Yeah, I can tell you're not telling us which one <laughs> you're going to be at. <laughs> Um, yeah, there will be a couple of halves this year. I'm actually, and, and the reason I actually i am not um, mentioning is because I haven't actually entered any. Um, yeah. So we're lucky now that races aren't entering or uh, aren't selling out uh, immediately. So I've yeah. got um, it's got a little bit of time up my sleeve. But, no, I'm actually leading a training up to, to Shepparton and or Ballarat. So that's where I'm looking at the moment. And for me, um, it's about just having that test run. Of, again, that will be my first race that um i will implement totally different um particularly nutritional strategies my training strategy has been completely different as well so i'm actually really for looking forward to getting out there i have um, not putting any expectations on myself um it's just really going out and and testing the body um with with how that goes so i'm actually um yeah i'm excited to be back out racing at, at that level again yeah that's awesome i can't wait to see how you go
0: all right, before we wrap up today, Sarah, can you share with us where our listeners can find you?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, I love social media. I, uh, I use it quite a bit, both um, probably Instagram is my favourite. Um, you can find me there, triathlete underscore motivation. We also have holistic endurance, so you can check both of their, those out on Instagram and the same with Facebook. So we've got uh, our Holistic Endurance Facebook, which we share share plenty of um, knowledge and information on there. And then I also have Sarah Grove Triathlon Coach on Facebook as well. So um, so listeners can certainly get in contact with myself um, or us at Holistic Endurance through, through those ones.
0: Excellent. That's so awesome. Thanks for sharing your story, Sarah. And I look forward to seeing what's coming for you in the next month and certainly into... 2016.
1: Great. Thank you
0: very much, Steph. All right. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers.
1: This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.